Hey, open your Bibles to John chapter 15. That's where we're going to land sometime this morning. Uh, this is a new series called Encouraging Words. And uh, actually, it's called Powerful Words. I talked to Encouragement last night. Hey, encouraging would be good, but it's Powerful Words. And this morning, I want to talk about a word that I think about often, and I hear it all the time in our congregation. Faithful. Faithful. Faithfulness. The faithfulness of God. The faithlessness of us many times. How is your faith? Are you growing in your faith? Are you embracing your faith? What's your faith quotient this morning? And we could talk about faith all day. And I've watched that people seem to struggle and go through the hardest times. They're the ones that their faith seems to just accelerate. I'll tell you one right now. He just, he just had another test. He's, he's battling some things in his life. And we've been praying for him. Had another biopsy. Came home. Then he had some uh, fast heart rate. Ended up with some clots in his lungs and that's Chris Kemp we want to be praying for Chris Chris right now is at UAB and we're praying for his healing still has some things in front of him but let me tell you about Chris Chris has got a great faith and through this process that he's going through his faith is being strengthened and he's really finding the only thing that he can really depend on is the Lord God and the church said and we see that so much in our congregation in 2018 as we bleed into 2019 people that are battling with that C word that I can't stand cancer or they're battling with addictions or they're battling with problems or lack of finances or lack of health or whatever uh, it's just like lately I can tell it's winter everybody's getting sick like people come in they they sneeze and they shake my hand oh glory to God or or they go man I, I just left so-and-so and they were um, throwing up before we left but we're so glad to be here today pastor and, and I go oh, oh don't touch the doors okay but I'm glad that you're here, and I'm glad that we can talk about the faithfulness of God. Matter of fact, look right there across the top of your worship guide. Most men will proclaim each his own goodness, but who can find a faithful man? I was reading just in Proverbs 5 yesterday in my devotional, and it was talking about marriage. And, and a lot of times when we think about being faithless or, or bailing out or being unfaithful, we think about the marriage relationship. And that's only one relationship that we can not have the right faith that God wants but we can read through the Proverbs and we can see the wisdom that God instructs us with that he tries to move us toward. Now, right there across the top, I know some of you are going, oh man, he, he put some words in here, I can't read it. Well, it's Greek. And the word is pistos. Pistos. It basically means objective, trustworthy, subjective, believing, faithful. And that's what it is in the Greek. And then I said, you know, we see the faithfulness of God all through our lives in 2019, we, we see the faithfulness of God through the New Testament and the Old Testament. But now I thought, well, let's go to the Old Testament. And that simple word is El-Imana. It means the, the faithful God. How many of you believe that this morning we got up and we greeted a faithful God? How many believe that? Hold your hands high if you greeted a faithful God. Hey, the sun came up this morning with some clouds. Hey, the cold weather came. But I know this. God is faithful from generation to generations, from now to eternity. Our God is faithful. Can I have an amen in the house? And sometimes that's all you've got to depend on is the faithfulness of the one that is worthy, the one that is honorable, the one that has given his life for you, the one that sustains you, the one that strengthens you as you grieve and hurt and have a hard time. I think about the faithfulness of God to me and to you and to my family. And this next week we'll celebrate a year since Jan's passing that the Lord Jesus took her home. And I think about all my other friends that have died since she died as we began 2018. And yes, we're now we find ourselves in 2019 and we will all have some friends and family members that the Lord will take from this life to the next life. But here's what I love. We can entrust their lives to one who is faithful for the ages and he is able to keep that which we entrust to him. How many believe that today? 
God is good. Man, as a minister, you know, people always say, man, pray for me, pray for me. Oh, what an honor, what a privilege. But I always go, but we're trusting the one that is faithful. Because you know what? I'm not always faithful. I want to be. That's my desire. I hope that's your desire as people of faith. But if we're honest with ourselves and most importantly with him, we'll say, God, in that area of my life, my faith did not exalt Christ. My faith did not embrace what you had for me. So this morning, it's kind of a simple outline, and we're just going to jump in there. What are the benefits of being faithful to God? I just left you just a little bit of room just to write there, but because we'll always hear about these unfaithful conversations. And in what I do, it always tends to revolve around the marriage. So many times, so-and-so was unfaithful to me. They've broken my trust. Trust has been eroded. Life is over. It could be due to another partner. It could be due to pornography. It could be due to so many things I hear unfaithfulness. It's like every single week I hear about somebody else being unfaithful. And that family gets destroyed. You see, I've told you this before, but hear it again. When you sin, you don't just sin against God and yourself. You sin against a community. We're the body of Christ. We're the family of God. And so when we misrepresent God, when we miss the mark, that, that sin has an effect on other people. Also, when we get it right, that has an incredible ripple. That has an effect on the family of God, doesn't it, church? I love it because of your faithfulness, your faithfulness to come, your faithfulness to serve, your, fa your faithfulness to worship Him, your faithfulness to give, your faithfulness to go like on mission trips, or, or your faithfulness to serve right now. We have a lot of people taking care of children and babies right now, just so we could have this experience. We have other ones that are over there teaching our children this morning. But God is faithful. In James 1.17, hear this. The Father of lights, with whom there is no variation nor shadow, or turning. God is always faithful to his word and God is faithful to his promises. This book is a book of promises. Do you believe that? Has God honored his word in your life? Every single time. I'm the one. You're the one that falls short. You're the one that somehow doesn't honor God sometimes, but I love that there's a way back. I love that there's a thing called repentance. I love that God receives us when I blow it, when I mess it up so bad that God invites you and me back into rich fellowship with Him. I'm grateful for the fellowship of Christ. I hope you're grateful for the fellowship of Christ. And we think about the, the joy of His creation. And you know what? We can follow our conscience. God's created that. That's, that's that voice inside our head. And, and that conscience leads us into morality. But I like it where... Um, the Scripture says we have the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is our helper. And He will lead us and cause us to be reminded of those things that Jesus has said. And He leads us into truth. When I slow down, I can hear the gentle voice of God. And I can be led in a path, in a way that honors Him, that brings peace and joy. But when I'm so busy and you're so busy running through life without checking in with him, we seem to get off the path and we go into destruction. We go into dismay. We just go into a place like, God, I need help. The benefits, let me just give you, I want you to just write down some of these verses. I think they're good. Psalm 37, 28. For the Lord loves the just and he will not forsake his what? Faithful ones. 
God will not forsake those that are faithful, says the Word of God. I'd circle that word faithful. I'd go back to it. Maybe sometime when you're reading through your Bible and you come back and go, there's the faithfulness. Maybe just do a study and go through your Bible and every time it says faithful, circle it and be ready to go back. Proverbs 3.12 My son, do not forget my teaching, but keep my commands in your heart for they will prolong your life many years and they will bring you prosperity. Does anybody in the house want prosperity but me? I want to prosper. I want my life to prosper. But even more so, I want my soul to prosper. I want the benefits of the Lord because I am faithful to Him. Proverbs 16, 6 and 7. Through love and faithfulness, sin is atoned for. Through the fear of the Lord, a man avoids evil. When a man's ways are pleasing to the Lord, he makes even his enemies to live at peace with him. Only the God of heaven, the faithful one, can make those outside our camp of faith, those that are against us, that we can live with them. And then Proverbs 28, 20. A faithful man will be richly blessed, but one eager to get rich will not go unpunished. Now, I don't think there's anything wrong with riches if we don't worship them, if we don't get them in an unhealthy uh, way, in an unholy manner. But it, it leads to his own woes. And we could, and then uh, just, uh, I, I think there's one more. Revelation 2, 10. Do not fear any of these things which you're about to suffer. Indeed, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison, that you may be tested and that you will have tribulation ten days, but faithful unto death, and I will give you the crown of life. Listen, blessed is the man or woman that endures, that is faithful to the end, and they will see the Lord Jesus in all of his glory. Isn't that the goal? Isn't that the track that you want to be on this morning? You want to be faithful. And there's good news when we blow it. When we are so far from faithful, we can cry out in earnestness, in sincerity, in prayer, in humility, and God can meet us at that point. I don't know where you are already in 2019. Maybe it's been a good year spiritually already. Maybe it's been a mediocre year. Maybe it's been the best year of your life. Maybe you're saying, you know, but this morning I'm thinking of after hearing that Belize team and hearing about those witnesses. Did you know that Belize is the only English-speaking country there in Central America? All the ones that surround it are Spanish. And we went into one service and they had Spanish Creole. We had to have an interpreter. But for the most part, everywhere we went, we could speak. And it was so weird. I've been in so many third world countries. But to be in a third world country and to speak and then understand me without an interpreter is awesome. Okay? And, uh, and so that English dialect. And although every one of them, we were putting shoes on them, I turned to April and said, April, I can't pronounce two-thirds of the kids' names. And she just laughs. She goes, me either. And we just kept putting shoes on kids' feet. And we just kept praying over the kids. Guys, those shoes that Susan showed you, they're pretty amazing. It just showed me the faithfulness of God, that blessed are those that carry the good news of the gospel. Did you know you went to Belize? If you give to this church, you were a part of went to going to Belize. If you pray, you were part of that Belizean team. See, we do this all in community that we... Hey, did y'all look, look, look back over here. I wish we had a spotlight on it. Do you see? You can't even see it. I need a flashlight right now. But if you look up there, there's a new flag, a new country. We were in uh, the church the other day, and there it is, Toledo Faith. And they had about six flags on the back wall. I went, man, I feel like I'm at home. And I'm looking here, and we just kind of keep growing in our partnerships. I've told you, and I'll tell you again. 
That, that's pretty good. Hey, look over there, man. That's awesome. They put a light on it. And, uh, and I remember asking the Lord Jesus. I was sitting about right over there. And I said, God, give me the nations. Make Christ community a church to the nations. Do y'all think God's doing that in some supernatural ways? I do. And you're a part of that. Jesus said, go to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts. We go across the street and around the world to grab a buzz line from uh, Go International. I love that. The faithfulness to God. When we're faithful to God, listen, when we're faithful to God, He gives us peace and He gives assurance. He also gives confidence to those. You know, the Apostle Paul says, be imitators of God as dear children. We're to imitate Him. And he is faithful, so you and I are to be faithful. And this morning, you could apply the word faithful in your marriage, in your work, in your schoolwork, in your recreation, in your play. Every realm of life needs integrity and needs faithfulness. And we get it from him. We look to God and say, God, I mean, I, I know sometimes you, you, you want to discount your faithfulness. You want to kind of compromise it. There's not a place for that. He's a faithful God. He's, he's faithful to you. When you cry out to God, we can't demand that God do something. But standing on his promises, we pray literally the promises, the word of God eternal back to him. And by faith, we believe, we hitch, we hold on to, and we see the promises fulfilled in our life. And the church said, I just encourage you, church, be faithful. And, and, and you are. So many of you are so faithful. And I just want to tell you, your faith inspires me. It inspires people around you. And somebody says, well, I bet my faith's not inspiring you. Well, then today, I didn't say tomorrow, now, today, determine in your heart to be a person that will inspire the people in your world. Amen. God, I need faithful people. And I grew up with a lot of unfaithful people. I was an unfaithful person. And on and on. And yet, by faith, by the power of the Holy Spirit, we can come to a faithful life in word, thought, in deed, by the power of the Holy Spirit. God, do that for us. Help us to start in the very small things. Here, here's one. You know what? You take out a loan or you get something from somebody, pay them for that. That's a good thing. Pay it back on time like you set up the agreement. Be faithful in your commitments. You know, over the years, I've watched the faithfulness of God be expressed in this congregation that has moved me. I've also seen the unfaithfulness of God. When we built this second building, I saw generosity. I saw people sacrifice. I saw people give in supernatural ways. I also saw people promise God and they reneged and they just said, Ah, oh, God, just kidding. <laughs> It's better not to make a vow to God than to make one at all. You know what I'm saying, church? And you want to be faithful to those things that you tell the Lord. Lord, help me. By your grace, help me to be faithful to you and to the things that I ask you or that you want me to do. Enlighten me. I encourage us. Let's walk in the Spirit. Lord, we want to walk by grace, by faith. We, we want to trust you, Lord. We want to live to please you. Matter of fact, I think... Uh, I want you to turn, I told you to look at John 15. And I didn't put it on the worship guide, I'm sorry. It should go right above, under the benefits. There's three points and it should be right above that. You should write down John 15, 1 through 5. Great passage of Jesus. And I want you to look at it. Matter of fact, let's do this. You've been sitting for a while. Why don't everybody stand up with me? Will you stand up with me this morning?
Yeah, just stand. Get the person next to you and say, you're getting kind of old. Stand. All right. Now, let's read the Word of God together. Can we do that? I re Wait, wait. Read it loud. Ready? I am the true vine, and my Father is a vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does not bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As a branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me, and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do Apart from me, you can do nothing. You be seated. Now that is just a central text to walking with Christ. Bearing fruit. And I, I tied in faithfulness with fruitfulness. And I believe if you're going to be faithful, and God's called you and me to be faithful as, as Christ followers, then you bear fruit. And not, I'm not talking about a little fruit. I'm not talking about meager fruit. I'm talking about much, abundant overflowing. I wish our church could totally get in the lane, in the river of the abundant fruit, abiding in Christ, Christ in us, bearing much fruit to our Father's honor and His glory. When we do that consistently as a faith family, guys, our church gets redefined. We look different. The church grows numerically. It grows spiritually with deep Roots that get embedded in Christ Jesus. Matter of fact, let's see if this uh, if this vine's going to show up. I, I think I got a picture of a yeah. Look at that. Isn't that your backyard right there? Man, is that a grapevine? It's two hundred and forty years old. It's located in England. It's called the title's real original. The Great Vine, okay? And it grows in a greenhouse, and this man and his wife, they had the responsibility to cultivate it, to take care of it, and, to, uh, and, and so they, they do everything they can. Listen to this. It yields between five and 700 bunches of grapes each year. How many of you like to have that grapevine? All right, let me ask you a question. How many of you like grapes? Anybody like grapes but me? I, have you ever had enough grapes? You know, I like grapes, and Donna says, yeah, you like grapes, but it's like the fruit with the most sugar. That's why you like it so much. What are you laughing about? They're good. Okay. And, and as a matter of fact, I should have brought a cluster of grapes. Now, I tell you what, if you pull this off, you're good. You shine the light over there, and I say, I want a cluster of grapes. No, don't go to the grocery store. Don't, don't. But I wish I'd have brought grapes so I could just eat them. And you know when grapes are really good? When they're cold out of the refrigerator. How many of you can taste them right now? Hey, let's have a prayer and go to lunch right now. Uh, grapes, grapes. But you know what Jesus said? He didn't say look like a grape. He said, but bear fruit. I show you that because that vine is magnificent and it's known for what, what's cultivated, what's produced. See, if, if you saw that big, oh, very good. That's what I wanted. If, if you saw that vine and all it had was leaves on it and no grapes, you'd go, useless, pitiful. I mean, I mean, how many would like to go to the grocery store over to Publix and go, I'd like some grapes and they gave you some leaves. What are you going to do? Munch on them? 
That's horrible. But you go over to get a big cluster. You know, as Christians, we're to let our light shine. We're also to bear much fruit to our Father's glory. And here, so this true vine, the Father, He employs all these images. He, Jesus would use metaphors and allegories. And He would use the, the simple elements of the day. And he, he loved to use the dirt and the soil. And he, and he loved to use rocks. And I've used a lot of rocks. And He liked to talk about the vineyard and the, and the vine dresser. And he talks about us abiding, dwelling, embracing Him that we would bear fruit. And it's not so much us, it's Christ in us that expresses Himself through us as we know the Christ life, as we know the grace life, as we embrace it. And I could give you, I, I, I just give you this, write down Psalm 80, verse 8. I want to keep moving, but Psalm 80, verse 8. Write down Jeremiah 2. 21. I've got a lot of verses and I wish I had time to read every one and talk about them more. But I know this. It's unacceptable. It's unnatural for a Christ follower to be unfruitful. It's unnatural. I would say it's even sin to not be fruit bearing as a follower of Jesus. God, I want to bear fruit. As I celebrated my birthday the other day, I'm thinking about the next 10 years hard and 15 and 20 and however long the Lord tarries or lets me have. And guys, I've had some amazing privileges and honors to witness and walk and learn and study and proclaim and teach and travel all over the world. But I want the next 10 to 15 years to be my best years yet. How about you, church? How about you, church? I want you to flourish. I want you to think about over the next decade, I want us to be laser-focused, fruit-bearing, that they go, oh my goodness, the person of Christ, Jesus dwells in that man, that woman, that boy, that girl. That's what a Christian looks like. They look like them. We see a lot of examples of what Christians don't look like that profess the name. So let's bear fruit. Isaiah 53, 2, write it down. But let's film these blanks real quick. Number one, Jesus is the true vine. There's only one true vine, and it's Jesus. We can look at this, uh, you know, the great vine, and we can look at all these different things, and that's well and good. But when it comes to, to the ultimate, to the reality, the true vine is Jesus. And we abide in him. We look to him. And I myself am the vine, said Jesus, the real one. He, he would say this, I am genuine. I am real. And that's where I want you to find yourself linking, connecting. As those grapes, as they, as they connect, they connect with the vine. And that's where they draw their nourishment. That's where you and I draw our nourishment. That's why I, I beg you, every way I know how, all through the year, year after year after year, I ask you to be people of one book, God's Word. I ask you to know God's Word. I ask you to study God's Word. But more than anything, I ask you and me to apply God's Word to our life that we might bear some fruit. No. That we might bear much fruit. See, some reason I think the church has thought it was okay to be mediocre. To be pitiful. If, what if I'd have brought some baskets up here this morning? And I had a few grapes in that one. And I had a few more in that one. And I had a pretty good bunch in that. But this basket down here by Pastor Keith, it was overflowing. And I said, come today and receive a basket and go home. Where we, which one would you go to? Would you go over here to this little pitiful basket over here? Oh, Pastor, i got a little stomach. I just want just a few grapes. Shoot, I'd be running for that one over there. 
I knock you out of the way. Bruce Bowen, get out of the way. That's my basket right there. I want it. I want lots of fruit. And you know what? That's what people ought to look at our lives and go, they bear fruit for their father. And then, let me tell you, if you're not bearing fruit, let me, let me just throw it out there. Go, listen, listen. If you're not bearing fruit, ask yourself, am I saved? Just ask yourself, am I saved? Do I know Christ? That's a good question to ask. Number two, is there sin in my life? Is there something that's keeping me back from bearing fruit? That's a great question to ask. Guys, we had so much this morning. We've got music. We've had music. We've had testimony. Pastor's preaching. But I, I got to move quickly because I want us to finish with this song that I think is good. Look at number two. The Father is the farmer. He's the one that dresses the vine. He's the one that takes control. It's, his, it's the gardener's primary task to grow grapes. It's the Father's responsibility to grow us up in Him as we link, as we connect to Him. And so He's the farmer. He cleans us. He prunes us. Look at the third one. We are the branches. We come off the vine. And that's what we extend to the world. That's our witness. And Lord, we want to be the branches of Christ. Our job's really simple. God, you do the work. And you make us fruitful to other people. So God, we want to bear much fruit. Lord, show us how to do that. Lord, you know, not no fruit, not meager fruit, not more fruit, but much fruit. God, you cultivate the abundant, joy, spirit-filled, spirit-controlled, produce life. Galatians 5, the fruit of the Spirit, produce that in us. If you've never memorized Galatians 5, the section's about, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and the one everybody forgets, self-control. But it's there. Did you notice that? Love, joy, peace, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. Hey, God wants us to be faithful. He wants to produce that. He is able. He longs to do that. But let me just say this real quick. It's not in your notes. We have to prepare for the pruning. Sometimes you have to prune. In these big gardens when they have lots of luscious fruit, and even ones that are kind of pitiful, we prune, we cut back. In, in our community right now, there's this big thing going on. It's called uh, uh, crate murder. Crate myrtles. And everybody cuts them off, and they're landed naked, and they look horrible. And then they bloom again. Well, here's the thing. You have to prune back that it might produce more. And do you know God wants to prune you and me? And you know pruning is painful sometimes, but pruning is needed. So it might be that you're in a season or you're going to go into a season where God is pruning you for more growth, for more fruit. And pruning involves pain, and sometimes pruning can last a long time. But God, you're in charge. You know what is best for my soul and for the souls of my friends. And it's pruning for me right now. We have to ask the Lord. And we deal with it. And we say, Lord, you deal with me as you see fit. But I want to be like you, Jesus. Romans says I want to conform to the image of Christ. So, Lord, shape my life. Look at these critical questions with me this morning. And team's going to come back. Team, y'all go, go ahead and come. I, I need y'all to come up. Number one, how faithful are we in our giving? It's just a question to ask. You can do simple inventory. You can, go, you can go look at your computer. You can go look at your checkbook. You can go do whatever. You can go online and go, am I being faithful to meet the needs of others who are in need? Am I meeting the needs of my church? Am I bringing my tithe into the storehouse of God? Are we giving? Answer that question honestly. Number two, how faithful are we in our fellowship, our fellowship of the assembly of God, our fellowship with other people in the church, outside the church? How faithful are we? Third, 
How faithful are we in our witness, in our gospel proclamation, in our gospel living? These are just great questions for you and me. And then, and, and that involves sharing the gospel, sharing our faith. And then a, part, a low part of that would be inviting others to come and attend with us and to come alongside us. And, and those are great and needed. But ultimately, I pray we're sharing the love of Christ with others. And then look at the next question. How faithful are we in our reading and the studying of God's Word and in daily times of prayer? Man, those are just four simple, basic essentials to following Christ, of being faithful to the one that's called us. I'll close it up this way this morning because I'm, I'm kind of having to change gears here. But, but I want you to hear this verse. I want you to write down. Here it is. Revelation chapter 1, verse 5. Revelation chapter 1, verse 5. I want you to turn there with me. Jesus Christ, he is the one who is the faithful witness forever. Let's attach to Christ. Let's abide in Christ. He is faithful. Will you and I be faithful? This morning, I asked Drew and the team to do this song that we did here in 2014. Five years ago, we did this song. And y'all sang out then, so don't make me a liar now, because I told Drew, I said, Drew, they're going to sing this song. It's an old Chris Tomlin favorite, and I can't believe Doug's not here, because Doug would be standing on his head. He loves that. It's called Forever. Would you stand to your feet with us this morning? And we want to declare the faithfulness of Him who is forever faithful, forever strong, forever to be praised. This is our declaration as the people of God. Lord, we need you.